It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you. And I'm so happy to be rejoined by Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7. How was Texas? It was great. Were you it su- was great. Did you feel at home? I did. I was at home. So When did you feel like, oh, I'm in Texas? Did you feel it in the air like when you flew over Texas? No. Or did you have to step off the plane? See, I didn't really even get that because... It's just in your blood? I mean, it was like... I didn't really do any, like, Texas things, if that makes sense. Didn't ride a, a bull or anything? No, no horses. Okay. Never, like, I didn't even get saloon. to eat tacos. Like, it was just a, I don't want to talk about it. I wanted to go eat Mexican food last night, and I was like, wait, do you not get good Mexican in Auburn? I was like, what? <laughs> what kind of a question? No! <laughs> I need to take you to some of my Mexican places, then. Okay. Hey, the AP poll just came out as we're recording this. stop it. It says Auburn sneaks into the top 10. I got to open the article. I got the Bleacher Report notification. Interesting. I don't even have that. This is live podcasting. This is live podcasting right here. And do you want to guess what Auburn is? Hint, they're in the top 10. 10. Yeah, they're 10th. Yeah. Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3, Oklahoma 4, Ohio State 5, LSU 6, Michigan 7, Notre Dame 8. Tejas 9, and then Auburn is 10th. Florida's in the top 11 still. Wow. Then Texas A&M at 12. Oregon dropped to 16. And Boise State sneaks in at 24. No, nah, I was just going through the interesting ones. Okay, so that's cool. <laughs> so that's neat. Interesting. Auburn jumps You know, Florida, A&M, Utah, Washington, and Penn State. Auburn has the best win in college football right now. I know, but Penn State put up 79 points. Against? Oh, wait, I know the answer to that. Idaho. I, I understand. Uh, yes, I. but it's Auburn not like... the best win in college football. I, I mean, you can't just... I think they should be higher. I'll say really? it. I'll say it. It's interesting to me that they jumped a bunch of teams that looked good in their dominant wins against lesser opponents. I mean, Utah, pretty good win against BYU, but... A&M, Washington, and Penn State all looked very good against lesser opponents. Yes, it is lesser opponents, but still. So that's big. I mean, that's that, that's big for Auburn. That means they'll probably be favored going into College Station. So it's interesting you say that. So ESPN, FBI, they predict every game remaining on Auburn's schedule. This is an article from Brandon Marcello of Auburn Undercover, and I think this is interesting. 24-7 sports. Dang straight. I actually signed up. They did a buy one month, get five months free. I think it's still going on at the time of recording this. Hey, man, no free ads. I think it's worth it. You pay $10, <laughs> and then you, you get access to their coverage through both signing days. I think it's still March, which is crazy. So Tulane, 92.4% chance of winning. Makes sense. And then Kent State, 98.6% chance of winning. Texas A&M, what percent chance? 44. According- 44.6. Did you see this? You saw this already. I did not, actually. You guessed 44% just off uh, the bat. I did not. I heard you do it on the lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Way to just kill the whole show, man. Well, I mean, you want me to just be wrong for the sake of being wrong? Just say, tell me. Okay. 
You remember all of them? Mississippi State. No, I don't. That's Bulls, the Mississippi only State. That, that was the only one that all right. I remember. Auburn's <laughs> chances of winning against Mississippi State, 73.8%. According to ESPN FBI, Auburn's chances of winning against Florida. You remember this one, Smarty Pants? Uh, I actually think this one's at like 42? 44%. Eight, uh, 44.8%. Um, at Arkansas, Auburn's chances of winning are... 92%. 92. The same as Tulane. That's wild. At LSU? Uh, this one was 23? 25.8. Dang close. Which, that's the most shocking number to me, because that is just so stinking low. Really? And, and, and you feel good about Auburn's chances of winning at LSU, right? Yeah, that one's not that... Su- uh, I mean, that one is not as surprising to me as some of the others on this list. Okay. All right. Ole Miss, Auburn's chances of winning 85.6%. Yeah, that one's surprising to me. You think it should be higher? Yep. Especially after the way that they looked against Memphis. I mean, both of the Mississippi schools. Can we just talk about that for a second? Sure. Who thought that we would come out of that weekend talking about Ole Miss's defense holding the Memphis offense to 15 points? I was excited to see Matt Corral. There's been a lot of talk about him, and he was terrible. Well, just, Their offense was terrible. I mean, the, yeah, it may not be all his fault. I'm not sure, but my goodness. We've been talking for months about how Ole Miss is, I mean, for years, Ole Miss has been all offense, no Decades. defense. All offense, no defense. Centuries. Well, one and a half. Right. And then they come out. As of this year. And then they come out uh, on Saturday and just all defense. I mean, Memphis was the same way. I took the over in that game. It was one of my few losses of the weekend. Is that the one you wish you could take back the most? Or is there another one no. you were like, dang? I don't really wish I could take any back. That was I felt strongly about that one. I mean, going into the game, if I would have told you that the final score of that game would be 15 to 10, would you have believed me? No. No, I would not have. Yeah, quarterback Matt Corral was 9 of 19 passing for 93 yards and an interception for a quarterback rating of 17.2. All right. Auburn's chances of winning, according to ESPN FBI, against Georgia, 43.8%. That one surprises me. You think it should be higher? Yep. And then against Sanford, it's 99.2%. And then against Alabama, it is 24.5%. That one also surprises me. I feel like that one should be closer to the Georgia number. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised how different they are. But... They like are if they different. Were, if they were both at 44, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But Alabama doesn't – they didn't look, you know, otherworldly in their game against Duke. I agree with you. So, I mean, for whatever that's worth. Duke looked really bad. Duke couldn't do anything. I mean, Duke was the first team that held Alabama scoreless for a full quarter in years. Was it a full well, quarter no. or the first quarter? The first quarter. Yeah, I think in I was years. just that, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's remarkable. I agree. I agree. And then the Alabama fumble, and then, I don't know, Duke's in Alabama territory about, and just couldn't do anything with it. How, like, about, come on. how about how uh, those guys were supposed to be suspended for the first half, and then Alabama put up zero points in the first quarter, and they all got to play? <laughs> the Alabama way, right? <laughs> Is that how that works? I don't know. All right. Let's do a read. Okay. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. 
Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL season begins this week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back tomorrow for the entire regular NFL season. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as a host from Opposing Sides Meetup to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment wherever you get your podcast. And we're kind of doing something similar to that tomorrow, by the what? way. We're, uh, we're hitting up our friends at, uh, at NOLA.com. And I want to make sure I get his name correct. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Where is it? Gary Smith of NOLA.com. We're going to be chatting with him tomorrow. I thought he covers too late. I thought he was going to have a complicated name. I'm going to be honest. I thought that. Well, it's spelled different. It's spelled like G U E R R Y. Okay. Okay. It's a little more intimidating than just Gary. I assume that's how you say it. That's how I would assume you. I mean, yeah. That's what we're going with. It's like, oh, his last name's Smith. Oh. Well, I thought it was going to be like, like I had to spell Igmanogany on Saturday. I had to look it up every time. Yeah. I would just say Iggy. Yeah, I was like, this, this is the one guy we need the nickname for. Like, so I don't have to try to type. But his Iggy. name's so cool, you don't I need know. the nickname. We do have some nickname updates. Yes. All right. So if you listen to the podcast yesterday, which, sidebar, not a lot of people listened to the podcast yesterday. I guess it was because of Labor Day. People are out yeah. of sorts. I get it. I totally get it. So if you're listening to this, stop, go listen to the other <laughs> one, and then come back to this one, please. All right. Now that you're back Unsubscribe. with us. Unsubscribe. <laughs> no, Resubscribe. Do no, do not do that. Do not do that. But if you listen to the show yesterday, you heard how impressed I was with Spencer Nye, which apparently his nickname is Hammer. How cool is that? I'm pumped. When I saw that, I believe it was Gus who said it and called and said that they call him Hammer. I want to run through a wall right now, dude. I'm fired up. Fired up? Let's go. Fired up. What are the other nickname updates? Uh, people have been tech- sending some in on Twitter for Seth Williams. Yeah, there, there, there's been a few. There's been Big, a few. Like uh, Game Winner or stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not Seth sure. Game Winner Williams. That's from the gloat, Colonel Steve. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else this morning. Who is it? Who is it? It was uh, Kara Summers on Twitter. How about Seth Clutch Catch Williams? Hmm. I like both of them. I still don't think we're there yet. Uh, yeah. I think, I, I, I think we'll know. I, I think we'll know when it, it it's here, and I just don't think it's here yet. Was that it? Was it just those two? It may have been. I mean, Hammer is just incredible. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped about that one. <sighs> Me too. Me too. I was trying to think of one for Aaron Sipos. No, he doesn't need one. Because he's Australian? Yeah. I just felt like there could be something for that. The guy kept saying his name wrong at the stadium, the PA announcer. How was he saying it? Sipos? Sip, I don't remember. Yeah, he's way off. It was just wrong every time, though. Sure, sure. All right, so you listened to the show yesterday, right? I did. Yeah, all right, so you heard my guys that I was really high on. Christian Tut, Sweet Feet. Sweet Feet. He, he was incredible. I think Truesdale was a freak of a man. I mean, he he just, I think mm-hmm. he blew it out of the water. Spencer Nye, I mean, those were really the three guys to me Hammer. that just, yes, Hammer. Uh, those are the three guys to me that just, blew it out of the water for me. Who, who are some of your guys? And, and if you listen, you heard Josh's and, and, and Painter's guys. So, I mean, don't be afraid to say the same guys mm-hmm. as them. Uh, for me, I gotta, you got to start with SEC Defensive Player of the Week, 
Jeremiah Dinson. Mm-hmm. The guy was all over the field. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, 13 tech. Actually, I have the numbers right here. Hold on. Dude, but you're right. You nailed it. 13 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, eight unassisted tackles. I mean, he was just all over the field for that defense, basically playing like a linebacker there at the end. Um, I was very impressed with Owen Papo uh, in his first career game. I mean, the stat that I'm riding with really hard is two tackles in his first four plays. Like that, that's, that is ridiculous. He had some pressures. Someone else got a sack on a play that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually thought he played really well. I'm almost hesitant to give and give guys credit for certain sacks because the, the way this defense yeah. works is just that swarm, swarm. mentality. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just the, the overall penetration is just all over the place. Um, but but you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I don't think Owen Papo did get a sack, but he definitely helped a lot of guys get there. Uh, and then for offense, Hammer. Yeah, you, are you said with, Hammer. Are you with me on Hammer? Yeah, I mean, he had a great game. I will not d- contest that. I mean, even that huge catchy, that nine-yard gain that he had, that was a massive play also. Ham- Hammer can do it all. He can. Yeah. Um, I, the obvious is Booby Whitlow. I mean. He's a Swiss Army knife. This will be my last appearance on the Locked On Podcast. You don't like the Swiss Army knife? Thank you for having me. He already has a nickname. I moved on to Booby Whitlow. I thought you were talking about Booby Whitlow, and then I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. That was bad. That was bad. Or great. Let us know on Twitter, please. I like Swiss Army knife. It's Hammer. Because he could do it all. It's Hammer. Hammer's great. All right. Talk about Booby Whitlow. Uh, I thought he had the best game of his college career. I mean, he was just... Exhausted at the end, um, at, at the end of uh, better than the Music City Bowl. Was. Yeah, honestly, I mean the Music City okay. Bowl. Obviously, he you know three touchdowns and yeah. had the big wheel route catch and everything. But I mean this game, it was just he grinded it out and he showed a lot of skills as a running back that we didn't see before. I know you and I talked about this kind of before he started getting pounded in the second half, but right. the patience that he showed and uh, I mean he missed one hole. The whole game, I, I think. I mean, he had one play that you were like, what are you doing? But besides that, it was all downhill. It was all patient. They were good runs. He was breaking tackles. And I tell you what, if he scores on that wildcat run where he almost scored on, mm-hmm. I think I think the perception of what he did is totally different. I agree, because then he has a touchdown. Yeah, a hun- just, and 100 yeah. yards. Yeah, you take that. Um, 24 touches, 116 yards, almost four yards a carry. That's, that's what you want from your feature back. And especially in a situation where... No one thought he was going to get 24 touches mm-hmm. just solely because there we thought there was going to be more, um, I guess, dis- distribution of the yeah. running back touches. Right. So uh, earlier today, Malzahn spoke to the media in his weekly presser, and we probably should have let off with that, but they're really he didn't really say anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the big takeaway is they are they are doing their best to put that win behind them and focus on Tulane. Malzahn said it. Derek Brown said it. Eli Stove said it. I mean, th- that's the big message that they wanted to get out there earlier today. I mean, th- that's really the biggest talking point so far. Is that they are viewing and acting like Tulane is a top is a top team, and the way they're talking about Tulane, it seems like they legitimately believe that. I, I agree. Uh, Tulane had a, a good season last year and started out their season really strong. They put up like 600 yards of offense. So I'm a fan. 
I You're think, a fan of Tulane? I'm a fan of them taking Tulane really seriously. Uh, I think they should. They should, especially with a freshman quarterback, especially coming off a win like this, they need to refocus because, you know, come the end of the season, these big games, these big wins, they come one after another. Right, I'm just starting with that A and M game in week four. It doesn't get easier in the next week. Yeah, so they need to start practicing their preparation now. I also thought Bo seemed like, I mean, it's like he seemed like an adult talking after the game. Like people were asking him questions. He's right mature from the bat, for sure. Uh, Brandon Marcello, this is now the second time we've talked about him. But at the press He's conference, good at what he does. Yeah, he is at the press conference. He asked Bo the first question after the game, and he asked him. You know, was this your next to Sanders moment? And Bo, which, I mean, I didn't appreciate. I'm not Bo Nix, but like, if he, I, and I'm sure he's used to getting questions like that. If he would ask me that, I would have been like, no, I, like, I'm not. His, my his answer was awesome, though. What his was answer was that um, he knows the basically, like, yeah, the plays were obviously similar, big moments, blah, 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 but I don't think this was my Nix to Sanders moment. I think this was my first uh, Bo to Seth moment, hopefully the first of many. And it was, and I was like, that's a great answer. Didn't get frustrated, kept his cool, gave a little smile, looked towards the future. I was just kind of like, that is an adult answer. He handled that way better than I would have handled that. Mm-hmm. If the first question about the biggest play of my life was about my dad. I just, I, I was very impressed by him. Seth Williams, after the game, said that uh, he kept going and telling the coaches that um, the cornerback covering him was soft. Right. I just the whole, I loved it, man. The whole thing, I I really like this team for Auburn. Gotta yeah, say, and they, they've got a bit of an edginess to them. Oh yeah, you know you, you don't really see that with the leader with Bo, but I think you kind of see it with everybody else. I mean, the receivers are ready to talk. You know, Booby Whitlow is ready to talk. Oh, yeah. I, he's issued an apology since then, but I mean, you I, you can only take so much back of that. And then you know, I think these defensive backs and these defensive linemen and these linebackers. I mean. I think they're ready to talk, and I think some parts of the Auburn fan base won't like that. You know, you want to keep to yourself, take care of business, but I think I think this team's so confident that you can only hold so much in. I agree, and uh, that second half that Auburn played was just dominant, uh, um, really, and uh, all facets of the ball. Yeah, uh, the punt coverage was garbage, but really, besides that, they, I mean, in the second half. Against a good defense, Oregon is a very good team. So it's kind of like you're not going to drive the whole field and score a touchdown mm-hmm. every time against Oregon. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, if Auburn goes three and out a single time against Tulane or Kent State, I, I think that's a letdown. You can't go three and out against bad teams. Yeah. But it's understandable against a team that, I mean, there's a good chance Oregon is the Pac 12 champion. They've got a good shot at it. So uh, it's like, yeah, some of the stuff was negative, but. All the negative stuff that happened in the first half got corrected. On the, I mean, they changed the game plan. They thought, wow, we've put too much on Bo Nix. Let's reel it back. The offensive line went to Gus and said, hey, we're going to push some people around. Trust us. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. 
I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Other things that were discussed and said, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot. Derek Brown, you know, just looking through his stuff, he hardly said anything, and then Eli Stove was interesting, and this was discussed a little bit on the podcast yesterday, but Bo Nix's first touchdown pass and Eli Stowe's first touchdown reception off of that, what looked like an impromptu, you know, Bo realized mm-hmm. nobody was on him and threw it out there. It doesn't seem like, according to what Eli was saying, it doesn't seem like the call was even in yet. Bo just saw it and reacted, and so that is a baller move for Bo Nix to have the confidence to do that. I mean, I think there's a lot of veterans that, you know, would see that and their first instinct wouldn't be, okay, let's just go ahead and snap it and, and capitalize on this. So that, that looking back on it, that makes me think Bo Nix is better on Saturday than I originally thought. I, I don't think a lot of the criticism on Bo is that fair. Um, I would like to see his like adjusted completion percentage, which takes into account like balls he threw away and stuff I, that I've got seen batted. six passes thrown away. I've seen that being kind of the number. I counted during the game that he evaded five sacks mm-hmm. and then he got tiptoed on, on the last one, which we talked about last week. One of one of the things that we were excited to see. I mean, he looked like Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield running around behind the line of scrimmage. And yeah, some of those were bad decisions, but if those go for touchdowns, no one's talking about that he did. People are going crazy that he was doing that. They're yeah, not I, like, I, oh, he's got to watch that. I don't think that. he's there yet. He's and not that, quite there. And he's yet. a true freshman playing in his first game. Yeah, so he it's doesn't like, have to be. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so I was very impressed at, at the sack avoiding. Um, I was very impressed with him throwing the ball away. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a ton of quarterbacks that don't ever throw the ball away. So. I don't think that all of the criticisms on him, and, and quite frankly, I think they bit off more than they could chew in that first half. When any quarterback that has to drop back over and over and over again and just get pass rushed over and over and over again, it's not going to go well. We see that. I mean, it's happened. it happened last year for Auburn with Jarrett Stidham. The only difference is Jarrett Stidham took the sacks, and Bo Nix is able to be more evasive. There was a called running play for Bo Nix in the first half that went for like 20 yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that. I- even if it's just to help Bo get into a rhythm, uh, I think we're going to see more, th- more of that. So you beat me in our college fantasy league? No, I didn't. I'm assuming you did. I hadn't looked at it. Oh, no, I didn't. Did you not? No, I didn't. How? I started Jawan for Oregon. He didn't play. Well, I started Puka Williams, who was suspended for Kansas, and then my tight end didn't play. And then my oh my gosh, I beat you. My wide receiver for Nebraska got zero points. I had three guys who got zero. 
I needed Kennedy Brooks for... Dude, I've been afraid to look at it the past two days because I knew you beat me. Oh, I just no. knew it. I needed Kennedy Brooks to get like 55 points to beat you or something. Well, we got to give a shout out to James for tearing it up this week. He, uh, he tweeted at us and, and said that we need to give him some love on the podcast. I believe he led in scoring, according to his tweet. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm trusting you, James. Congratulations. I mean, there were a couple guys that just had massive days. Like ETN? Justin, well, Jalen Hurts had six touchdowns. Sure. Um, Justin Fields had five. Mm-hmm. Former SEC quarterbacks. Jacob Eason had a big day also, another former SEC quarterback. Um, I don't even know who else. Joey Gatewood next year. Potentially. Probably. Actually, wouldn't it be the year after? We'll see. Hardships? We'll see. Who knows? The way they're tossing out waivers to quarterbacks. You almost have to, or people won't come play for you. What? I mean, you almost have to if you're a coach, as far as like... coaches don't do the waivers, though. Right, but if they say... I mean, they, they pretty much do. I mean... They pretty much do. I don't... But why would any coach deny a kid a waiver? Because they don't want to play against them. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. The the waivers that the NCAA is granting that deem you like to deem you having a hardship. Mm-hmm. Like the big news this week or last week was the kid, the offensive lineman at Virginia Tech, whose mom has a brain tumor or whatever, and so he right. transferred to Virginia Tech, and, and he didn't not, get it. He didn't get it because messed up. And the NCAA was like, "Well, you should have transferred sooner." But then Tate Martell and Justin Fields both got waivers because of their hardships, not winning the job. It's messed up. Yeah. It's totally messed up. I'm pretty sure Tate Martell's hardship was Urban Meyer was my coach. That goes a little bit, though, right? I mean, yeah, he's a bad person, but yeah. still. It's crazy he and Tim Tebow were boys. That's weird. Like, total I, opposites. I mean, I would guess that Tim Tebow probably didn't know all the bad stuff. Probably. Seems like a pretty oblivious dude. I don't know. I just mean, like, how much do you think, like, how much do you really think that the starting quarterback knows that goes on in, like, the coaches' rooms? It probably stuff? varies, right? It probably varies on the, you know, situation to situation. Did you hear about Jake Bentley? Oh, he broke his foot? He broke his foot. It's terrible. He's out for six weeks. Feel it's bad terrible, for yeah. That's another freshman that's starting, though. You can add USC and USC, ironically enough, mm-hmm. coincidentally and whatever the word is. Yeah, it's not ironic at all, but it is a coincidence. You're right. Uh, both USC's now starting true freshmen. So the, the number of true freshmen starting both at Power 5 and Group of 5 schools is it's up there. It's crazy, and Bo Nix is kind of right in the middle of all of them. So. What was it? Two or three true freshmen that came back from 18-point deficits and won. I know the Boise State kid did it. Bo Nix did it, and I think one other guy did it also. Oh, yeah? But I can't remember. Also, did you hear that the Boise State guy, his name is Hank, and his three brothers are named (laughs) Buck, Tiger, and Bear, or something like that. You can follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPapTato and hear him on ESPN 106.7. I'm on Twitter at C Blackerby, and the show is on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. Dude, I'll see you tomorrow. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
If your company is interested in advertising and marketing to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Auburn is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to advertise to male listeners between 18 and 44, this is your chance. Plus, our rates are pretty reasonable. Email me at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com to get more information. I look forward to hearing from you. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.